Caleb request his land. A delegation from the tribe of Judah, led by Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenazite, came to Joshua at Gilgal. Caleb said to Joshua, Remember what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, about you and me when we were at Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land of Canaan. I returned and gave an honest report, but my brothers who went with me frightened the people from entering the promised land. For my part, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. So that day, Moses solemnly promised me, the land of Canaan, on which you were just walking, will be your grant of land and that of your descendants forever, because you wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. Now, as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and well as he promised for all these 45 years since Moses made this promise, even while Israel wandered in the wilderness. Today, I am 85 years old. I am as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey, and I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. So give me the hill country that the Lord promised me, You will remember that as scouts we found the descendants of Anak living there in great walled towns. But if the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land, just as the Lord said. So Joshua blessed Canaan, son of Jephunneh, and gave Hebron to him as his portion of land. Hebron still belongs to the descendants of Caleb, son of Jephunneh the Kenazite, because he wholeheartedly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. Previously, Hebron had been called Kiriath Arba. It had been named after Arba, a great hero of the descendants of Anak. And the land had rest from war. Thank you. May God's name be blessed and our hearts nurtured through a public reading of his words. Amen. Caleb. He's the guy who is appointed to represent the tribe of Judah. We're not sure whether he was from the tribe of Judah, but he's one of those valor warriors he's going to represent to go and spy out the land that God was going to give Moses and among with the other 11 guys they go they try some of the grapes and some come with a message of sour grapes and some come with a message of faith So only Joshua and Caleb, these are the two guys who come and they say, perhaps maybe what these guys are saying, it's true that it's the warriors in that land are very vicious, they are very mighty, their stuff. But actually, we're going to stick to what the Lord has said, what he has promised. 
And it's very interesting how the author of the book of Joshua picks on this character as the book of Joshua is coming to an end, as coming to a close. Because actually, he is a character, a Bible character, that we can learn a lot, actually. It's interesting how the author here points out Joshua's attitude. Look how he starts in verse 6. Caleb said to Joshua, Remember what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God. We need to realize that these are the last two guys standing from a generation who did not believe in the promises of God. These are the two guys who are standing and they've come. And even in this place, they have to remind themselves of what the Lord has said. It's interesting how, uh, how the author picks on this because actually... What Emma read earlier on about how, how God spoke to Moses and how, how Moses spoke to Joshua to be uh, bold, to be courageous because he's going to stick to the promises. So it's a life that is lived remembering what the Lord has said and not keeping, looking, searching for other things other to sticking to what the Lord has said. It must be a great, great example to follow. Sticking to what the Lord has said. And by the way, reminding Joshua about that promise. We don't read a lot about Caleb, what he did in those 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. We don't read a lot about Caleb and what he's done with, with, uh, the, here in the book of Joshua. Apart from this part, when we see that he's come to Joshua and he says, Remember, God has promised. 45 years ago, God has promised. And I'm still hanging in that promise. I'm still building my life in that promise. Because the Lord has said it and he is going to stick to his word. Caleb's character is not forged because of crisis. Caleb's character is revealed because of crisis. Because of when those 12 people come back, he's got this amazing, together with Joshua, he's sticking out like a sore thumb. 10 people against two. They're saying, no, it cannot be done. And Joshua and Caleb said, Yes, it can. It is possible. Because God has promised. Against the crowd, he's brave. 
It reminds me of, of the bravery that we read in the book of Daniel of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when actually they stand out and saying, actually change our diet. They go and they get hurt for it. But again, God shows his love and mercy and protects them. Ten against two. And yet, brave. Verse 9 suggests that Caleb was one of those guys who, was not, who did not think in half. Verse 9 suggests that Caleb wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. Verse 14 as well says, actually, um, another remark. Because he wholeheartedly followed the Lord, Yahweh, the God of Israel. A follower for 45 years. Why? Because God had promised. And he was going to stick to his word. How real are the promises of God for you this morning? I've been really challenged this week to stick to that because sometimes I treat the promises of God as just random citations of clever people. And it's good comfort. But am I prepared to believe that that promise is sufficient for me to live a godly life? For me to live a life that is pleasing unto God? Because that's what... Timothy says, or Paul says to Timothy, the whole scripture is God's breathed. The whole scripture is God's breathed. And it's to equip, to rebuke, to build up, so that the man and the woman of God can live and be equipped for a godly life. So I dare challenge myself and challenge you today how do you treat those promises of God? And are they sufficient for you to say, I remember what the Lord has said, and no matter what, I am going to stick to it. This is very important, not only when the church or us go into crisis. This should be a normal part of our lives. If God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, well, that is true. He says that, he will stick to that. But he has never promised that it's going to be easy. Caleb, verse 10. Now, after 45 years, for 38 years of wandering and 7 years of conquering the land. Now, as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive, says Caleb. He's kept me well. And his, since his promise 45 years ago, 
Even while Israel wandered in the wilderness, today I am 85 years old. It's interesting how we are very good talking about our past experiences. One thing that I've learned from Caleb this week, and I wanted to share with you, is that Caleb is not a master of yesterday. He's living in the present. I am 85 years old, says Caleb. I love this. I am as strong now as I was when Moses sent me to that journey. I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. So give me the hill country that the Lord has promised to me. It started well. It was constant for those 45 years. And now... He wants to celebrate. He's jubilant because he's come to that place that he says, this promise of God is fulfilled. I don't know about you, but the last three or four years or five years and with the rising of social media and um, access to different internet sites, we are more aware of Christian leaders starting well, but not finishing well. We're aware of other leaders, whether politicals or whatever business, or starting well and not finishing well. And it's a wake-up call, but also I think it's, it's an encouragement. It's an encouragement for people that we've got in our lives, people that we've got in our church family, who've started well, they've kept going, kept going through the highs and the lows. Some of them are still with us, some of them are not with us. And there is that element of actually coming to that place of I'm ready to face the hill. It's very easy to be a master of yesterday. It's very easy to start with excitement and the naivety and Perhaps um, kind of ignorance of new ministries and new opportunities. But sticking at it, being consistent in your relationship with God, me being relationship, consistent in my relationship, and actually, I want to finish well. I remember having a conversation with a person he was just near retirement and the last year before retirement this person was scared stiff of doing something stupid in his career and perhaps 
there are people here today who've got that fear. And God is saying he wants to address that. Because in the end of the day, we can see with Caleb and with Joshua that it is possible, it is possible, even in the wilderness, to keep bearing, to keep holding strong in the promise that God is going to fulfill whatever he has said to give people the land. Caleb remembered and reminded. He stood out and was constant. His character was revealed rather than forged. And the epitaph would have suited him whatever Joshua said twice in these verses. Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, because wholeheartedly, sorry, he wholeheartedly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. How have you started? How are you being consistent and constant? And what are you doing to finish well? I'm just going to allow some space. And perhaps I have um, caused some questions or some a reaction more than I um, wanted or intended to do this morning. But I'm really convinced that God's word is sufficient for us. And he wants his people, he wants his disciples, he wants his followers to follow him. Not just with the exciting beginnings of their journey but with persistence and consistence until they see him face to face that's why Paul writes to the Philippians I am convinced that he who has begun that good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Jesus Christ because God starts and finishes a job well and you are his masterpiece.